Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. I was going to say it's not a Star Trek edition, but it felt wrong to put Star Trek in the title when it was not one of those episodes. I wasn't going to so just... Just keep, just keep talking about it then. So the thing that I like most about the Star Treks, you'll find out next week. <laughs> keep listening. Keep listening, assholes. <laughs> Uh, we were. If off. it's not a Star Trek edition, what kind of an edition is it? Uh, it's not Asian edition. It's um, this. Uh, What's Asian edition? You know, in case we were doing an Asian edition of the show, but we're not doing that. Is my point. Oh. And I wish you would stop obsessing about the Asian edition. It's not coming anytime soon. All right. That's um, my fault for obsessing. Yeah, just regular type, regular type episode. Yeah, often you refer to it as a mailbag edition. Oh, yeah, 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 I guess this week you didn't feel like it. No, that's fine. This is a mailbag edition. Uh, sometimes we don't get a lot of mail, so it it feels wrong to brand it that way. Did we get a lot of mail this week, though? We got a few. Hang on, I want to see whether Blue Angels are trending. Ooh, uh, oh, wait. No, that's probably not good. Uh, I guess they just... They just showed I guess up? it's just... No, it's just, it's just straight up Fleet Week. Oh, okay. Well... They didn't... They didn't crash or nothing. Well, then I'm glad they're trending. They deserve to, especially on okay. this week. Uh, we were off last week. We had a siesta while I was in um, Catalonia and uh, Andalusia. Yeah, you you were in Catalonia at exactly the right time, huh? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there was uh, a lot of protests and rallies and rubber bullets and, and riot police. But I didn't see any of that stuff, even though I was in Barcelona. Because I think when it got worse, I was actually outside of town. In some idyllic beach community. Uh, Where they don't care whether they're part of Spain or an independent Catalonia? Yeah. Costa By the way, what do they want to call it? I assume they'll just call it Catalonia. Just call it Catalonia? Yeah, my guess. Alright. So yeah, it was a really weird time to be there. Just based on uh, the uh, fervor for independence and uh, liberty. It's kind of a big part of Spain. Well, it, economically, it's the most important region. I think it's like a quarter of their economy, even though it's only seven, seven and a half million people. That's why the Spanish king is so mad. It's one of the reasons, yeah. So, uh, when Franco was running the show for a million years, he did his best to kind of uh, uh, restrict any Catalan language being taught and their culture and stuff like that. So they've always kind of had a bone to pick with Madrid. But then Franco, before he left, he... He put this monarchy in charge. They're not really yeah, in charge like, of anything. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm out of here. Uh, it's king time again. Yeah, which was a real dick move. And so they feel like they owe stuff to Franco, and that makes the the Catalan people um, that much more upset with them. 
And the feeling I got the whole time was that these two sides really wanted to duke it out, and they didn't want to compromise. Because they, they both had lots of opportunities to kind of back off and go, hey, you know, let's let's work this thing out. And they both just keep going, nope. One side <laughs> goes, nope, we're definitely declaring independence, and we're going to do it in two days, and that's it. And the other side keeps going, then we are definitely going to shoot you a bunch with, with guns and stuff. <laughs> so yep. I get the feeling this is what everyone's been kind of cruising for for a while. And that it's less about <clears throat> independence and more about we fucking hate you. So, but it's cool. It, there would was, be, uh... it would be weird for me, just in a cognitive dissonance sense, for Barcelona not to be in Spain. Exactly correct. I have no uh, no feelings at all about Catalonia or the Catalan people until a couple of years ago when we met some people from Barcelona. I had no idea there was any difference between. Uh, that part of Spain and the other parts of Spain. So, but it was weird, man. We were—it was that they had the—it just happened to coincide with their city festival that they have every year. So it was—it doubled up as a city festival and independence rally, and we got to hang out in part of that and uh, see all the weird giant giant people they made. They like march around these crazy giants. <sighs> I don't know what they're made out of paper mache. I don't know what people make things out of. <laughs> wrought iron? Probably not wrought iron. They'd be heavy. I was going to say gack, but I don't think it's structurally <laughs> stable. That'd be good, though. Maybe an inner core of gack. The world's gack reserves are rapidly dwindling because Nintendo hasn't had Hasbro manufactured since 1997, <laughs> so... Um... And then uh, there was some real fucking Babylon 5 Nightwatch shit going on when we were leaving. The, all of the, whatever the Spain calls their TSA, um, had been replaced by real sloppy looking dudes in militia uniforms with armbands. Yeah, you hate to see an armband. <laughs> it was really... In real life, if you see an armband and it's not just a black somebody just died armband. uh uh-huh. It's not good. It didn't feel good. It definitely did not feel good. That they have they been trained in like TSA stuff? My guess is no. Oh, it's okay. Neither has the TSA. Well, it's certainly in America they have not. But like the dude who was working the scanner didn't even like wear an undershirt on his tunic, and he had like the three buttons undone. And he nice. was just, like bare chested <laughs> and sloppy, and his nasty little armband. And I was like, oh man, these are really not the real troops. These are straight militia paramilitary dudes that Madrid sent in. Just like Nightwatch. Yeah. <sighs> yes, it might have some parallels to Babylon 5. JMS, Respect dude. the chain of command. There's an opportunity here. Yeah, I uh, suggest you look on this as an opportunity! No reason I said that loud. <laughs> Don't look into it. <laughs> and respect the chain of command. Look where my eyeballs are. Real, I'm giving you real side eyes right now. <laughs> yeah, that that admiral or senator or whatever the hell that guy was who was talking to Sheridan in that scene was, uh, he could have been more subtle. He could have been. Hey, like every other week that's not a Star Trek week, this mm. week is going to be mostly about Babylon 5. Yeah, <laughs> we should just separate them into two It's really projects. It's really tough because I haven't watched Babylon 5 in conservatively 10 years. Yeah. So you need to hire someone from like TaskRabbit or something to come over and change the discs in your machine. No, that's definitely rude. The real problem is I don't have a way to play a DVD in my bedroom. Uh, um. So I'd have to sit in the living room like an asshole and watch TV. Yeah. 
But it's so good, though, dude. It's so good, and JMS, he got it all right, dude. All this President Clark shit, it's all right. <laughs> it's all, it's, sorry, it's, it's correct. What he did was, like, a real-life thing. Uh, President Clark is a lot more sinister. Than our President Clark? Than our version of President Clark. <clears throat> yes, because he's, like... That's actually what would happen if our president was President Santiago, and he got assassinated, Pence might be President Clark. Boy, he doesn't seem bright enough, but I don't know. Um, you're right. President Clark seems like he's trying to do a sly thing. Right. And our president is... Has no filter and just... Is, he'll tell you immediately what he's trying to do. I think it's pure fiction. I think uh, the one that JMS created seems more realistic. Oh, 100%. Hey, I don't want to talk about that All ever. Right, let's not. let's not do it anymore. Anyway, I was just saying, it was a weird time. But we still had a very nice uh, nice trip, and we ate a lot and drank a lot and stayed out all night every night, and yesterday we were going to do this pod, but I could not keep my eyes open, because yeah, I... Hey, did you really eat a seven hours dinner? Dude, we ate, like, such as a seven hours dinner at the world's third greatest restaurant, or whatever it's rated as. What does that... What, hey, what's the name of the restaurant? Uh, uh, it's, uh, some kind of cellar. Hold on, let me see. Mm, uh... I'm just looking it up right now. Uh, El Sear de Can Roca. Okay. That's, that sounds pretty right. Um, I, how have I never heard of the world's third greatest restaurant? I don't know. That's on you because it's world, it's world famous. What's number one and number two? Um, you know what? Marjan will have that. Marjan okay. will have the list. Everybody, just direct your she questions. Can, she can tweet at us. We'll read it on the next mailbag. Direct all questions about the world's greatest restaurants to Marjan, and she will answer them. Um, was it, like, too many courses? Or? It was a million courses. Okay. The, I presume it, you did some kind of tasting menu? Yeah. it's. I think it was, like, 17 courses? That's a lot of courses. Yeah, and even though they're all very small, by 17, you're like, yeah, I don't really want to eat that much anymore. I think I'm good eating. Even though it's time for your next meal? Yeah, well, it's, it, it definitely took the time to get us all the way to the second meal. And did you drink 17 <laughs> different wines with your 17 courses also? Marjan and I played it conservative and we shared a wine pairing. I see. There were people who did the wine pairing just by themselves. And so, the, yes, they got all kinds of shit-faced or whatever. So 17 courses with a wine pairing must have been over $1,000 a piece, right? No, because this is España and not... America. It was only, I think, for the food itself, was like two-something euros? Mm. 200-something euros? And then the mm. wine pairing was only like an extra 90 euros? God, that's surprisingly reasonable for the world's third best restaurant. Yeah, it costs considerably less than uh, uh, French Laundry, which is now the 68th best restaurant in the world. So, Or just going to Chez TJ, which must be the <laughs> 500th best restaurant in america <laughs> something like that yeah i'm still i'm still i'm still mad about the fucking 1400 dollars the four of us spent there doug they put gold leaf on top of your egg or whatever yeah Here's they a did. single Fine. egg with a gold leaf on it 400 dollars, please gold leaf is very cheap yeah well it should be uh, uh uh this place was uh all kinds of pretentious though uh, let me tell you about some of the courses. It's okay. bonkers. Um, one of the things was a globe that came out, like just a regular-ass globe, and it had little, uh, uh, tiny little 
bites of food attached to these arms that came out of the globe coming from different countries. And one of them was uh, uh, Japan, one of them was Thailand, Korea, um, I don't know, a couple others. And then that globe must have been hella lopsided. And then um, these were those three, those three nations are close together. These were on a globe. Uh, these arms were uh, just tiny little wires, so it wasn't uh, they weren't weighed down too much by these tiny little bites of food. But um, the last one you had to do was decide whether it came from Thailand or Japan, and if you got it right, the globe opened in the middle, and there was some caviar inside. What? Yeah, it's dude. a puzzle. It was it's a, a puzzle. puzzle globe. If you moved the arm the correct way, like either Japan or Thailand, based on the taste in your mouth, and by the way, it was quite obvious because I think they want you to get to that caviar in the middle. Um, when you opened it, it they get the middle split open and opened up, and there was there was a little caviar ball inside. I don't feel like I'd have any trouble distinguishing whether something came from Japan or Thailand. No, it was very easy. Again, I, I think they want you to get inside that globe. Okay. So you can go, oh, look at this, it's a treasure chest! Was it just a fucking uh, chicken satay skewer sticking out of the thing? And you're like, <laughs> well, I know the answer. One was pretty curry and uh, the other one was um, not. I see. Um, one, we ate a book. Okay. We ate a like a musty old book. I, by the way, I'm less and less interested with every one of these than going to this restaurant now. <laughs> it, they literally they took all this musty old book essence. They're, I ate Proust. <laughs> I ate the pages. They melted in my mouth. Was it like Swan's Way or like what I don't was it? Know. I'm it, sure it was something from all other recherche de temps perdu. By the way, I believe it was translated into Spanish. It was not even like original Proust. So anyway, well, well, it would be in French if it was original. That's what I'm saying. It was okay. not even original. It was translated in, into Espanol. Anyway, or maybe it was Catalan. I don't know. I didn't pay much attention. Um, but I ate the pages and they melted in my mouth because they had been they had been worked over by whatever. And uh, and it tasted like an old book. Why is that good? I don't. <laughs> I didn't find it particularly was, good. Was good about that. But that is what they were going for, and it worked. You can eat a book, um, and that's what they wanted to show you. Other than that, there was like six fi- fish courses or seafood courses, and then a bunch of different meats. No beef because beef is for peasants. Oh, interesting. There was like some lamb brains and tongue or something, and then there was some squab, and there was uh, some duck, and there was some, I don't know, all kinds of things, and uh, and then a bunch of dessert courses, so. <clears throat> See, like, price point-wise, I was into this idea. Yeah. To eat at the world's third best restaurant for around a, a 300 a person. Right. But, um... Not if I'm going to have to eat Proust and unlock a puzzle box from Hellraiser <laughs> to get a bite of salty caviar. It was very salty too. Um, some of them. That's were the really only good. flavor caviar has, as far as I know. Some of them were very, very good. We had a scampi that was uh, outstanding, and ca- and the wine that it was paired with was hella buttery. And I was like, man, this is some crazy shit. Um, uh. um, but I'd say it was. In terms of the number of courses, it was approximate to French Laundry, and I would say that French Laundry was going was taking a straighter approach. Like, like here's some nice food you might like. Here's some tasty food, and here's some more tasty food, all in small portions. And these guys were more like, look at what fucking amazing artists we are. You didn't think you'd want to eat an old book, but check it out. Here's an old book. 
for course eight, we roll out the scoreboard from press your luck. And <laughs> if you if you get a whammy, we hit you in the face. <laughs> and um, the waiters were very impressive. They had to speak English, Spanish, and Catalan the whole time. So they would explain everything three times, which might be part of the reason it took seven hours. And um, it was a table of 14 people, so they had their work cut out for them because everyone, oh, everyone was chatting and, and messing up their job. God, that must have been a fucking enormous bill. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big bill at the end. Um, but anyway, it was uh, that was uh, it was a very good time. But yeah, we started at 12-something and left at like 8, and it was like, boy, I've had enough. Had enough of this place for a while. Yeah, but it was good. A lot of good stuff. We uh, we went to a wedding, which is the reason we were there in the first place. That thing lasted all goddamn night, and then we got up for brunch the next day, so everyone was still kind of messed up and hung over and got no sleep. I didn't get any sleep the whole trip, basically. And I got sick, so pretty pretty standard. Was it a Catholic-style wedding? It was uh, not. It was very unreligious, I would say. But it still lasted a really long time? Well, a lot of... There was five hours of dancing, so... Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, because we were with people, we couldn't just leave whenever we wanted. So we we stuck it out till four in the morning or whatever. And, and went home. Anyway, uh, so that's why we did not pod last week. I was uh, doing my thing in... Uh, oh, dude, we did Tapas and Granada. Okay. <clears throat> Tapas culture in that part of Spain is very unique. If you keep drinking, they will keep feeding you for free. Oh, I see. They'll just keep bringing out tapas, 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 every time you get a new round of drinks. Like bar snacks. Yeah, but better, because it's real food. Because it's it's ham on a piece of melon. <laughs> Sometimes That's it's what ham. tapas is to me. Sometimes it's ham on a piece of melon. <laughs> but a lot of it was um, stuff on a bread. Ah, okay. Um, but we kind of overdid it one of the nights because we really wanted to keep eating for free so we kept drinking and the next morning I don't think either Marjan or I felt felt amazing about what we had done <laughs> there were some selfies on my phone I don't remember taking <laughs> there was I think it ended up being kind of a weird evening but we went to the place where Bourdain went when he was in uh, Granada if there was a selfie on my phone, it would be one I did not remember taking. That's exactly me, too. I don't think I've ever taken a selfie, but I, I woke up the next morning and there were three selfies on my phone. I went, well, yeah. that was weird. And like an FBI style, you were like, well, from the angle, it seems like I took this picture, <laughs> I but mean, it's of me. I can see it. I think I actually it wasn't a pure selfie. I think I uh, took a picture in a mirror. Oh, wow. So I could see me and the phone. So I knew it was me that took it. It was, um, it was, yeah, it was a, a long night. But again, Bourdain had been there. It was like a fancy wine tapas bar that was very nice. And, uh, yeah, we partied it up a lot too much, and I am ex- extremely exhausted and jet lagged and sick. So, <clears throat> but, uh, but we can do a mailbag, and that will cure me of all of my, all of my ailments. It, like a magical elixir. Made of Ryan's comments. <laughs> That's right. And we have some. Okay. Uh, let's see. I think the last comment we took on the air was from September 10th. Okay. And that seems about right. Uh, so, uh, by the way, literally all from Ryan. Oh, good. All Except right, good. one, Ben sent a link in, but 
like I'm not going to read a page on the air. So what are you going to do? Oh, you, uh, uh, when you get to that point, I, I did read the thing he sent, so I can at least talk about it. Oh, you know, I read it also. Okay. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Uh, Ryan wrote at brother date. Damn it, Hell's Bells does have a good intro. Hell yeah, yeah that's it the only, it's the best part of the song for sure. What about his very not subtle lyricism about how <laughs> if you're into evil, you're a friend of his, and yeah, well, uh, he's gonna get you. Satan get you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those are the parts that I enjoy the most. Uh, I guess. And I do love this screamed falsetto <laughs> that is the trademark of... If you're evil, you're a friend of mine! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, I... The only the only thing that I don't like about the intro to Hell's Bells is that now no one else can ever do an intro with bells in it like that. No, dude. I, you know what? Even when you hear For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica, you go, you fucking biters. Yeah, you just go, well. Try a new song. I liked ACDC too, guys, but <laughs> they already did this one. Um, also on September 14th, Ryan wrote in to say, uh, some English people play the blues just fine. Eric Clapton, anyway. So, first of all, backtrack right away. Right. Could only think of one. <laughs> By some, he meant one. I don't uh, know. I don't even know if I can count him as English because he lives in Columbus, Ohio. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, now Why he would does. you choose to live there? Who's it's ever chosen a, that? It's a very odd choice. Uh, he had all of America to choose from, and he picked a spot that's like... It's it's not even the heartland. It's not like I don't he even moved. Know what to call it? It's not like he moved to South Dakota no. or, I mean, yeah, he didn't get a ranch in Wyoming or anything. Exactly. Yeah, he just went straight to Columbus, like the third or fourth most interesting city in Ohio. Right. That's, that's a confusing choice. A, a state which is right about middle of the road in terms of interestingness yeah. in the United States. I think that's right. <clears throat> if my friend Vakash is listening. Well, I really hope he's not. Um, <laughs> I apologize, because I know you love Columbus and Ohio and all things Ohio. For his birthday once, we got him the Ohio flag. So, <laughs> we were so sick of hearing him talk about how every president was from Ohio, and all the best things were invented in Ohio, and everyone who was important, whoever lived, was in Ohio. And we just went, here you go, you love Ohio so much, here's your birthday present. It's the Ohio flag. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on on this flag. Uh, I think it, it doesn't have a weird shape too. It's yeah, it's swallowtailed. Ugh. It's got a, a like a French aircraft rondel in the <laughs> Union. Yes, it does. And and then it's got a bunch of stars, but they are in a crazy pattern that doesn't make any sense. I'm not sure what they represent or why they are placed in that way. Yeah, so I'm sure there is an explanation of this on the internet, but I'm. Oh, apparently it's the only non-rectangular U.S. state flag. So of It course. seems to have 17 stars. Can that be right? Was it the 17th state? I mean, Jesus, I guess it could have been. Because <laughs> I know it was just a territory when the original 13 happened, so maybe that makes sense. All right. That's why they there's had to... a s- Good news, there's a 17-step procedure for folding it. Because, because 17 is a stupid number. That's why they had to array the stars that way. I mean, yeah... They couldn't think of a cool way to do it. But there's some weird spaces where there are no stars. Anyway. And because it's that there's shape... There's a the Wikipedia s- animation to show you how to fold it in 17 steps. That's, uh, that's a lot of steps. 
Um, then because of its shape, the stripes are not parallel. They're they would eventually converge, and it makes me unhappy. Cor- correct. It's very. It's very odd. It's like you it's took an a odd real, little flag. Like you took There's a, a lot of stuff happening. A cool flag, and you kind of melted it up a little bit. Like you put it into the microwave, and then you brought it back out, and you went, "Oh, look at that! It looks all weird." <laughs> it's, it's jacked up now. This is the new it's flag, like a, everybody. It's like when a book gets wet, and then it's like <laughs> it's like wavy. Yeah, and then you put it in your mouth, and it just melts, and you're like, "Oh man, this book's delicious." Um. So here is a controversial question that I have for you. Mm. Is Eric Clapton anything? Yeah, I've never thought... Okay, so... Here's my opinion on pretty much all popular music. I don't really care how well you can play your instrument. The only thing I care about is, can you write a song? Yeah, he plays the guitar well, but he never does anything interesting with it, as far as I'm concerned. Can you you just write a song? Can you write a song? That's all I care about. That's why the Rolling Stones are amazing. They wrote (laughs) some songs. Can they play them? No one will no. ever be able to tell. No, there's no way to know. But they wrote some cool, catchy, n- neat songs. Has Eric Clapton ever written, like, a neat song? I mean, I guess I Feel well, Free that... is extremely hippie. Yeah. It has some catchy bits. Uh, uh, there's, there's songs like um, Layla, which obviously has been overplayed to the point of nausea. but it's... Also the part that people like, he didn't write. Oh, like the coda? No, the coda is his part. Oh, okay. So the the cool the guitar. coda that sounds like the theme song to Alf he wrote. The <laughs> it really does the, too. The main guitar riff. Yeah. I'm sorry if you never noticed that before. <coughs> the main guitar riff, uh, Dwayne Allman wrote. Oh, okay. Well, unless it was the other Allman, I never remember which one died first Greg, and which one just Greg died. Or Dwayne. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, that's cool. The Owen Brothers could play. That's that's nice. I'm glad to do that. I yeah. hear that actually. Oh, do you know how their songs sound like something? <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I I greatly prefer the Allman Brothers to uh, Terry Clapton. Clapton. Goddamn yeah. right. So people who say Clapton is God, I I say, where's the proof? Here's a here's an exercise you can do. There are like a thousand one thousand videos on YouTube of Eric Clapton and Mark Knopfler playing together. Uh huh. When when it is a Dire Straits song, Eric Clapton just plays rhythm guitar and never does anything interesting. When it's an when it's an Eric Clapton song, Mark Knopfler just like randomly ad libs solos all throughout it. Well, now he has the self confidence to do that. Yes, he does. He also has the self confidence to dress like John McEnroe, that's, which that's we've correct. covered in a previous podcast. That takes self confidence. Still an open question. <laughs> Who was the first? Who was the first to dress like John McEnroe? The internet didn't help, and none of our commenters, mm. Ryan, no. gave us any help on that at all. Unclear whether Ryan's caught up to that point or not. I, I know that was not a very recent episode, but I don't think it's as, as long ago as it feels like in my brain. Yeah, the once a week makes it tough, and then the yeah. once every two weeks for non-Star Treks makes it tough. And then, hey, you know, let's just do one every day. All right. <laughs> so we're moving to a daily format now, so that this just so that the now. passage of time feels more natural. From now until my web host definitely kicks me <laughs> off, we're we're uploading a 200 megabyte file every day. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, that's so. That's my take on Clapton, and it's my same take I have with everybody. Do I like any of your songs? That's all that matters. I don't actually care whether you're some kind of master musician. You know. Yeah. Well, it's also like 
There are people who are not technically amazing on the guitar, but who play the guitar in an interesting way. I think a notable example is B.B. King, mm. who I think has been quoted as saying, I couldn't play fast, so I had to learn to play slow. Ah, and like uh, the farty guitar man, who said <laughs> that he just bends and picks it all kinds of weird ways. All, all kinds of weird ways, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also on the 14th, uh, Ryan wrote in to say, look, Ben and Ryan, maybe you guys love Eric Clapton. That's uh, fine if you do, but ex- please explain why. Yes. Yeah, yeah. By, yes. Please send us some comments on that topic. That would be great. Uh, also on the 14th, Ryan wrote in to say, I know someone whose favorite cake song is The Distance. Hmm. Not me. Does that mean his wife? Is he calling out his wife? Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's putting Krista on blast. Yeah, because Ryan, the most gregarious person you and I both know, mm. definitely only knows one other person with whom he's had a discussion about cake. It's we don't. It's not something that comes up a lot just in the, random conversations. This dude has 250 friends like who have been to his house. <laughs> I'm certain of that. I have six, so. Uh, boy, in this apartment, I doubt I've had six people over. Right. Oh, God, not all at once. I couldn't handle that. We used to entertain a lot in Cambridge. We had a better setup. This place, I would never invite anybody over. It's horrible. Um, I guess we were pointing out that that was the hit off that off that record? Like, the first hit? Yeah, it was the number the one, one single. The one that started sure. it all for Cake, really, because that, that was their first big single. And it doesn't really sound that much like Cake, except for the horns. Right, and it's not. It's definitely not one of my favorites from that record. No, that's a kind of a masterpiece album, though. I would say I like that better than Nugget. Okay, that's the shut the fuck up one. Yeah, but not as much as perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. Oh, obviously not. How about Italian leather sofa? Where does it fit? Uh, I've always liked Italian leather sofa. All right, okay. That's fairly high up. It's probably fourth or fifth. All right. It's. I like that less than open book. Okay. What about Daria? I like Daria more than open book. Whoa. I also like, I think I like Daria more than stick shifts and safety belts. Okay. What about the that's cover? Too straight, that's too straightforward a song. What about the cover of I Will Survive? Oh, good question. Um, yeah, I think I like Daria better than that one also. So Dario's doing pretty well. So obviously it falls below Frank Sinatra, right? Oh, for sure. Okay. Um, what about She'll Come Back to Me? Uh, that's probably my number one on that record. Oh, and so that's even more than It's Coming Down. Yes, It's Coming Down is also uh, is also above Daria, though. God, I think how many good songs are on that In Even album. Sad Songs and Waltzes, I think, is above Daria. That's such a good record. If you can it's name, a very good record. It's an extremely good record. If you can rattle off eight or nine songs that you're like, yeah, I listen to that right now. Like, you made oh, a yeah, really sure. good record. Yeah, yeah. No, <sighs> no, no question about that. Uh, I, God, I wish it wasn't called Fashion Nugget, but it's a... Uh, All of their albums have stupid names. <laughs> yeah. They're very... They're, they're named pretty badly. <laughs> like, what's the least stupid one? Prolonging the Magic? That actually sounds like something somebody might say if they were, like, an inspirational idiot. It sounds like it might be the title of a record. Because we know there's no such thing as a motorcade of generosity. Right. I can't hate anything about motorcade of generosity. That's a great album, too. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll lifestyle? Yeah, <laughs> or, I don't uh, like... That's my one, maybe my least favorite on that record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not great. 
but it, that record has lots of good things on it, like Caves of Love, Jolie. Yeah, no, no shit. Etc. Uh, even the probably the stupidest song on the record, Mr. Mastodon, Mr. Mastodon Farm. Farm. I like that song. Is amazing. Yep. It's just uh, how can you sing? How can you sing like monotone speak singing and have so much emotion? Uh, it's a very good question. He finds the balance. He can see their dead weight just falling like stones or small loaves of bread past his window all the time. Yep. <laughs> this is this is the the moment in the mailbag where Ben wrote in uh, with an interesting link regarding Star Trek. Uh, the link is called "The Moment When Science Fiction Split Off from," and then a yeah. just a C. What is it called? It Competence porn, maybe. Yeah, and. He talks about how these days, if you're going to do a sci-fi, everything that gets done is like, the hero's an everyman. And he doesn't necessarily know what he's doing, but through determination and and grit, he he gets his way through. As opposed to like the olden days and the things that we often have found, have come to find that we like, is when the crew of like the ship just seems like they all are experts and kind of know what they're doing and they're there for right. a reason and they're the best in the biz. And his thesis is that this change happened when technology and computer technology specifically mm. got ahead of people. Yeah. Like, it became a part of everybody's life, and they... And everyone feels like an idiot. And everyone feels dumb all the time. Yep. And they don't want to feel dumb about their science fiction, and they don't they don't want to see eggheads who understand the technology. Yeah, this is one of those um, theses that uh, all of the points in it are valid, but I have no idea if that's, like, inaccurate. I don't know if that's why that is yeah. what's being done now, but it's certainly true that I always feel like a fucking idiot, that my technology breaks all the time. I can't ever figure out why. If I fix you it, could... it's like random fixes. You couldn't make Google stop ringing. Google was ringing at me in such a crazy way when we tried to start this podcast half an hour ago or whatever, and it made me very upset and distraught, and I almost had a panic attack. And um, Marjan has a ghost in her phone, and it's <laughs> yep. just like, technology is, you have to be kind of an engineer to be able to really re- to really determine why your shit isn't working anymore. Yep. And so I, I think that that is a valid point, but I'm not necessarily sure that it is connected to why... Uh, to why the the everyman who doesn't really know much technically, but he's gonna he's gonna fucking get the job done. I don't know why that's that's where we've gone. But. <clears throat> yeah, my, well, so I guess it asks the question: Is is science fiction aspirational? Yeah, is it like fantasy in that way where you're like um, you you got your uh, your archetypes? And your heroes and your villains and shit like that that you have to try to that you try to identify with, right? Like, why do you have to think? Oh, I could do that if I were there. Yeah, because I got to be honest, I never once watching TNG thought like I could. Make I bet a- I could figure out all the <laughs> warp field and <laughs> shit. I could make a warp engine go. Yeah, if it sort of wasn't important to the experience that I be an engineer. I watched Remember Me. I know what that shit's supposed to look like. It looks like some kind of slinky. Right? Like a like a slinky, but a donut. But like when you make a slinky into a donut, yeah, that's how you make a warp drive. A warp and then field. that's the that's the universe. And then when it gets smaller, so does the universe. And eventually, it's just you and Picard on the bridge. 
And although he thinks you're bonkers, he also thinks you're cute. <laughs> and so it's okay. You're like, we'll get through it. Uh, well, here's what, what I don't understand about this universe is what does it say about Beverly? Ah, fuck <laughs> We're it. getting into we'll, it, dude. Listen, we'll we'll get to this episode in eight years, and we'll have a discussion <laughs> about it then. But it's like, when she's like, how can we be the only two people on this ship? Yep. How can we do this mission? And he's just like, well, we've always done it this way. Yep. What does she think Picard is? Yes, is he? Because that is not a sane explanation. No, it is not. And that's not real Picard. That's Picard in her brain universe. Mm-hmm. So. That explanation is like. You know, the- actually, her behavior, her behavior throughout the series does demonstrate that she maybe doesn't have that much respect for him. Because she does mouth off all the time and tell him what to do. She knew him from before, when he was just a, a balding commander or whatever. Um, Yeah, his explanation for that is kind of like, then why did I have the bowl, Bart? I mean, why did I have the bowl? <laughs> that's, um... God, that's one of my favorite things ever. Remember <laughs> when... His little helper ate, ate, ate my, my goldfish, goldfish, and you, you said I, you lied and said I never had a goldfish. <laughs> then why did I have the bowl, Bart? Why did I have the bowl? Like going so far away from common sense to justify the thing that you're saying. Like you, you cannot just going. Uh, I obviously had a fish, you fucker. But like, like to try you to can't reason just say it I out. never had a goldfish. That's not anything. <laughs> yeah, you have to reason it out with them. Then why did I have the bowl? Oh. oh, Simpsons writing used to be so fucking good. Like, For all I know, it still might be. I haven't watched The Simpsons in a million years. I, my feeling is probably that it's not anything about the writing. It's just A, they've done all the stories already. Oh, for sure. And B, society has passed them by. But they can't, like... Like, if The Simpsons was starting now, Bart would be so much of more of an asshole yeah. than he is. Yeah. Like, everything about The Simpsons is actually pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. good-natured, because it's like... Because it's a it's from 1989 or yeah, whatever. exactly. Right. <clears throat> this, is why, this is why it's hilarious when uh, Marge says that that judge is a real butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know, seasons, whatever, three through twelve. What, I don't yeah, know, it's however, definitely However you spot. want to define it. There was like a sweet spot there where the writing was just so f- fucking choice. On the 20th, Ryan wrote in to ask, uh, or to say, at Brother Date, wondering if the Orville can defend itself from the dialogue monster. Mm. You can't have the dialogue monster in a comedy show. Yeah, I don't know how... The, which I presume like. the Orville is. I will never watch it. I've never seen it. I'm not, op- I'm not opposed to seeing it. I would watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I, I have a... I have a thing where I don't like to look at Seth MacFarlane's face. I don't like it either. He looks like a There's weird... something weird about his face. It looks like weirdly childlike. Yes, it's something like that. Like it, it's definitely in the eyes region of his face. Like he might his eyes are too small. Might could be a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of serial killery. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I... Plus well, first of all, I I I got the first six or seven seasons of Family Guy on DVD and watched all those commentaries. And the dude is a huge fan of Star Trek, but his favorite Star Trek is Deep Space Nine, and that's deeply worrying to me. This is the thing that we've talked about. But he's old enough that that should not be the case. 
right? Oh, he is... He's got to be considerably older than us, right? He might not be that much older. You have to remember when you factor this in that I'm 36 goddamn years I, I old. Was, I was doing the math in my head, but Family Guy came out like a million years ago, like 15 years ago or something. Yes. Uh, 1973, so I guess yeah. he is seven years older than me. So there's no way that that should... Yeah, that should not happen. Oh, that God, means there's his goddamn face again. I know. That means he lived through TNG and chose DS9, and that's weird. That's it's very it's it's weird, and it suggests bad taste, and that's one of the things that I'm worried about. What I'm worried also, about is I did watch Galaxy Quest, and I didn't think it was that funny. Like, I don't think parodies of Star Trek are particularly yeah funny. What because... if they got a Winnebago in them? Well, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but have you watched Spaceballs as an adult? Yeah, many times. And I think okay. my only enjoyment out of it is it, co- it comes from uh, the fond memories. Yes. Of when I didn't ne- necessarily understand the sex jokes, but I definitely understood the very on-the-nose uh, Mel Brooks humor. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the stuff he does, even a child of four will understand. And there are bad words in it, which is great. Yeah. It's, it's if you're four. Shits and stuff like that. Um, but uh, what I'm worried about is not contributing to the already incredible ego of, <laughs> of Seth MacFarlane, who uh, is, well, he's, 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 he's gunning. He's definitely a guy who thinks you want to hear him sing a Dean Martin song. Yeah. So that's, we're we're approaching, I think he's at like, like uh, 500 millinofflers already. I was going to say, where is he on the Knopfler scale? Okay, and good. Uh, we don't want it. Like, if you get over if you get over 700 millinofflers, it's kind of bad news. So. I think he might be there. He's the kind of guy who thinks you want to hear him sing a Dean Martin song like 50 times. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like every possible opportunity. And he I will sing whenever, any occasion. I don't want that. So I, So I am opposed to him. And that's probably why I haven't gotten around to watching the show yet. But I have also laughed at Family Guy 500 times. So I, you know. It, well, this is, and this is the thing. Like, uh, are there some, it, well, look, I, well, I go deeper than that. I watched the Cleveland show. <clears throat> yeah. So what are you going to do? Yeah. I watched some of American Dad. I, uh, I never, I kind of liked Cleveland show a little bit, but not because I like Cleveland on Family Guy. But it wasn't ever that good, and I definitely was not a fan of uh, American Dad. <clears throat> yeah. So, maybe the Orville is good. I saw his movie, 500 Ways to Die in the West, or whatever it was called. That looked really bad. But I saw it on Netflix. I didn't see it in a the theater. Yeah. But, uh, and it was mediocre. Okay. So. That's what I thought. I don't know. Maybe someday. But, I, yeah, I don't think you can have the dialogue monster in a comedy. It's tough. I mean, I think that would just be called bad comedy. Like, you'd be like, oh, that joke, yeah. that joke wasn't funny. Like, you have to be trying to, to say something and failing to have the dialogue monster. <laughs> but the binars seem perfect for this, even though this is the first time I've ever Even though this is the first time I've met them. <laughs> Woo! Uh, on the 23rd, Ryan wrote in to say, at Brother Date... One night vision goggle lets you retain natural light vision in your other eye. This is a planet, this is a rogue planet that is, there's no sun, so there's never going to be significant natural light. Yeah, there's none. But, you know, the, maybe their gear only has the one 
night vision goggle head pieces? It's a really good question. Um, they walk around a lot even without those, and they seem to be able to see where they're going. Yeah, where's all that light coming God from? God damn though? it. I hate... I don't want to be like that and nitpick yeah. a lot because we have to be able to watch the television show. Well, look, we talked about that whole episode and never mentioned that once. Yep. Well, guess what we also talked about? Why did it have to be a rogue planet? Well, yes, there was exactly zero reason for it to be a rogue planet. What did that bring to any part of the story? The it was not nothing. a part of the plot in any way. Yeah, so that's why I think it is fair to nitpick that. It wasn't like these weird sirens from the Red Dwarf episode sirens... Uh, exist on this planet because it's a rogue planet yeah yeah, yeah. nothing it could like have that. been any uninhabited un- uninhabited planet mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah yes but um that's a good explanation from uh from ryan if it if if that planet had been near a star yep uh at brother date damn i keep meaning to look at the spreadsheet it has a name now it's called landrew it's called landrew and i know you're not caught up you'll know why in a few episodes when you catch up please start calling it landrew that's what we call it and we actually do call it that uh he can't be that far behind though because at brother date don't feel bad about having a soft spot for good sportsmanship we all have those surprising good feels that get us misty-eyed i think he's talking about when i almost cried when the Japanese team went over and bowed to the Mexican parents, yeah. and they applauded. That is what he's talking about. Now, did you almost cry, or did you... I did, no, no tears escaped my eyes, but I felt it. They welled up, though? I felt the emotion of crying. Mm. That's pretty much all you can hope for, I think, at this point. Yeah. You are a man of 36. Yeah. And I don't believe that you have the ability... I think your tear ducts are gone now, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't cried in many, many, many years. So, I think that's how that works. Not even the time when Katy Perry came out on that mechanical line in the Super Bowl. What? I You're just a liar. You're a fucking liar, dude. Everybody cried. And what about when those sharks were dancing around? No, that wasn't the sharks. It was just the line. Lying. I can't explain it. <laughs> My brain's getting soft in places. Soft and spongy. Yes, in surprising places. You yeah. go, I didn't know that was going to happen. Uh, Ryan asks, uh, what's your preference for us sharing this pod with others? Well, does the fact that I don't share it with anybody give you any hints? I've never shared it. it I, I do tweet You it. retweet. I, tweet I don't it. do that. Yeah, I, I don't even follow us on Twitter. <laughs> Why would I? It's on the same phone that has the actual Twitter. Uh, yeah, I, t- I tweet it. I know what I wrote. I don't know if anybody has ever seen it. Because I don't, I don't have followers, so it doesn't make any difference. But. I think this might relate to a, a something that he says later, but he wants to know if it's okay to share it. Um, yeah, I don't care. Don't tell my mom about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't share it with people that I care about. Right. Share I don't with... care if you tell someone, some stranger about this thing. Who gives a shit? I think that's always been my take on it. Is uh, I don't, I would like all the strangers in the world to hear it, but no one I know. Yeah. Not one person that I know. Uh. Then he, uh, then he wrote in to say. I gotta be honest with you, and we'll circle back on that in a second. Towel lint is not a problem for me. All right, well, so I'm not the only person in the world. It's a problem for you because I've seen it on the internet and people and have commented. Ben wrote in with a semi-helpful suggestion, which is find some old towels, which at least acknowledges that it's a problem. All right, well, I will work on that. I just specifically <laughs> bought the new towels because commenters on the Amazon page 
said that these were lint-free, which means they had previously had the lint problem, and they thought these towels were going to get the job done. They said they right. got the you job done. You were getting done. a recommendation from somebody who had had your problem. Yes, and I got them, and they're the lintiest towels I've ever had in my life. That's all I'm saying. I don't care who else has had the problem. I'm having the problem, and it's bullshit! Here's the thing about I gotta be honest with you. Mm. That's just... That's just a waste of characters. You could. That's you only, well, it is. On it's Twitter, not, you only got the 140 or maybe the 280. Does Ryan qualify? I don't. I bet Ryan's not in the 280 group yet. Okay. Okay. They'll roll it out for all of us sooner or later. Yeah. Um. Do you? Is this like a thing you've been worried about saying out loud? <laughs> I don't know how people are going to react to this. I but better couch this just right. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> Towel lint don't bother me none. Yeah. Also, is it that it's not a problem because you don't have linty towels? Or is it not a problem because you don't care if they're linty? Oh, yeah, please. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is five more tweets on this subject, please. Yes, please. Maybe we can get to the point where we have as many as we do about those potatoes. Those freeze-dried potato flakes. <laughs> yeah. We had a lot of discussion about those. <clears throat> uh, he also says on multiple occasions... He's gotten over a grand from working at a place during a time when they got slapped with a class action. Huh. That's never happened for me, but he's worked for some big companies, and I've mostly worked for pretty small companies. Um, I have done, I think, what people assume will be done, which is I've never bothered to file a claim on any of those. Yeah, I think I got like $17 when someone claimed that uh, eBay was... uh, not paying overtime for hourly workers. But then I think that the reason I got so little was because I was only an hourly worker for like uh, six months at eBay because they reshifted a bunch of titles around to who. So I started salaried. Then they shifted things and made my particular grade an hourly worker. And then uh, I just got promoted out of that grade. Right. Yeah. I've um, from what I've been able to tell, I've not been missing out on the big bucks. But I, uh, yeah, I'm always too, I'm like, what am I going to get? Like $30 out of this? I'm fine. I'll be okay. At brother date. Uh, this is on the third now. This is sort of the most recent batch of tweets from him. Oh, hell yeah. I love how casually you say, everyone cast your mind back to deep space nine. I assume this was you that said it. It feels like (laughs) something you would say and not something I would say. (laughs) Was that, that sentence in itself is, uh, too poetic in regards to DS9? Yeah. <laughs> you, what would you say if you wanted people to remember a thing about Deep Space Nine? I, I, so I assume that the context of this was something that we criticized in Deep Space Nine came up again in Enterprise. That's usually how it goes, yeah. Or possibly in Voyager, although typically in Voyager we're criticizing different things. Yeah, they've got their own. Than happen in Deep Space Nine. They've got their own special shit going on these days. Right. <clears throat> so I assume I probably would have just said, Hey, remember uh, 40 minutes ago when we were talking about Deep Space Nine <laughs> yeah. and we said... That's about the right I don't think I would say everybody cast your mind back to Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we're this is an important project, and uh, in my mind, um, that's how I would like to treat it. So yeah, I'm just trying to be professional. That's all. Yeah. No, we treat this bullshit project with much more seriousness than it warrants. Prove it. <laughs> At Brother Date, so I was going to try really hard to get Avery Brooks to tweet at you. Oh, that would have been amazing if that had ever happened in my whole but life. But it seems like he's not on the Twippers. 
So good for him. For not being on the Twippers? Yeah, that is a good call, I think. Looking at Twitter is never the best part of my day. I have definitely arranged it in a way where I will only see things that I think I want to see. I only follow sports things and breaking news. Now, the breaking news I don't doesn't make me happy, but I would like to know what is happening. Yeah. I Sometimes don't follow they any fool idiots. Me. Sometimes they fool me, like when Tom Petty unexpectedly lived an extra six hours. Yeah, dude, everyone was like, Tom Petty died, Tom Petty died, and I was like, boy, I don't know, Twitter does not seem to agree that Tom Petty is dead, and then all the official tweets started coming out later that night. What's the deal? Yeah. How, who's, who thought he was dead before he was dead? Yeah, he was just on life support for a while. Alright. Uh, hey, I just I'll always remember the time <clears throat> I was working at the newspaper and somebody said they saw a Tom Petty documentary that was really, really good. And I uh, sarcastically said, well, what was it called? Running Down a Dream? <laughs> and he's all, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh. Well, that was real on the nose. Way to go, Tom Petty documentary. <laughs> But did you also get Adam Carolla mad that the guy wasn't impressed that you guessed it? <laughs> yes, of course. I probably thought that was amazing. Looked at everyone in the room over and over again, asking how amazing it was that I got that right, and no one—probably nobody—cared. Uh, it is the—it is definitely what you would call a Tom Petty documentary, yeah, though. It was by far the most obvious one. That's not—they did not do good work on that on that title. I mean, this was the place where again we were always tasked because our. The actual writers, staff writers, were too lazy to come up with headlines, so it was always up to us scrub college students to come up with the headlines to the stories. And there was the Indians blew that series in 2007 against the Red Sox, and I jokingly suggested we should call the headline Trail of Tears. Oh, no. And then they're like, yeah, it's really good, let's go with that. No, 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 no. You can't go with that. (laughs) You can't put that in the newspaper. That was a joke just for us. You can't say that. And they're like, well, no, 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 I really said an good. insensitive thing to be funny. <laughs> yeah, like, well, no, that's really good, right? Because they're Indians. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's why you can't say it. That's why you First can't. of all, they're not. And also, <laughs> the Trail of Tears was a lot worse than losing a baseball series. <laughs> right. I was like, man, this 60-year-old fucking racist Bostonian just cannot conceive of a situation where he cannot use that headline. Yeah. I really had to talk him down off of that one. Why shouldn't I be allowed to say it? <laughs> he said about that and probably some other things. A lot of other things. Uh, oh, boy, yeah. Can you imagine? Look, fine, if you just get Avery Brooks to tweet at us, then uh, then again, we get to stop doing the podcast because I lose my web host. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> Not cool if Avery Brooks listens and cries. Well, because... We had a lot to say about Deep Space Nine, and it was mostly not... Avery Brooks is really saving this. No, but what we did say, in fairness, over and over again, was that they were not using him. Well, for sure they weren't. That he was basically being relegated to sit in his office and delegate and act like he didn't give a shit what was happening. I don't even... I don't think we placed the blame on Avery Brooks for that. That doesn't no, seem like because we know how good choice. he is in all those nature documentaries. Yeah, and again, in Spencer for Hire... I didn't. I should. I should watch Spencer for Hire. That, That's got to be on. That was on um, Amazon Prime. That was one of those shows that would just kick around in the morning on like USA or something. Yeah, that does sound right. And you just catch half hour of it in the summer or something. And be like, man, Cisco was so cool. Man, like a week later, he was still fascinated with your problem, your lint problem. Are you using dryer sheets, Matt? He writes. <gasps> God damn it! Yeah. No one else has your problem. I use dryer sheets. That's the. That's. That's got to be it. 
Oh, is that what's that's what's causing the Lind yeah, problem? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a a perpetual battle that I had with Katie. Is I hate fabric softener. I think I'm allergic. No, to we that. just ended up doing our own laundry, so it didn't matter. But like, it makes the clothes feel worse to me. Really interesting. Yes, I'm not sure because <clears throat> I have definitely forgotten to put the sheets in in the past, and I'm not sure I've been able to really notice the difference. Yeah, the problem is that the lint is coming off on your body. It's not that lint is... Like, dryer sheets aren't going to solve that problem. Yeah, I didn't think it would necessarily be uh, related. But I'm saying, in terms of how the clothes feel, you said you don't like it because it makes the clothes feel worse. I don't. also don't like to bleach my whites, either, because I I don't like the way it makes it feel. Mm. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying, with the the fabric softener, I've never noticed a difference in how the clothes feel. Because I've definitely forgotten to use it, and... And then remembered to use it. I've never noticed a difference. That's interesting. How does it feel? What can you, can you describe the feelings? Uh, to me, it feels rougher with the fabric softener. Yes, that is the exact opposite of what its name says it should do. Softness and roughness are not the same. <coughs> not they're not on the same axis. Wait, really? Smoothness and roughness are on the same axis. Softness and hardness are on a different axis. So, is fabric softener supposed to make it so that your clothes aren't, like, hard and starchy? I don't know what it's supposed to do. All right, well, I'm just saying. Did you just spend an extra 30 (laughs) cents per load of laundry? Well, I wanted you to tell me all about the feels, and I guess it feels rougher somehow, but I... Yeah, it feels rougher to me. All right, okay. Well, I don't know. Then don't bleach my white socks. I'm not stepping in blood and shit. You just wash them regular. You don't have to bleach them. I don't care if they're not as white as they could possibly be. Well, they're then you're in the wrong line the of work. They're permanently inside my shoes. It doesn't matter. Mm. You got, we got some laundry opinions here. This is some hot stuff. This is like... Oh, I've been doing my own laundry since I was 12. I think we found the, so. the third rail here. Like, this is, this is too... It's too charged. I feel, yeah, like, you got, probably... I feel like you were triggered. Um, I mean, a little bit. Uh, talk about a word that no one ever used five years ago. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I guess we probably described our Star Trek project as being stupid. Because uh, he wrote in to say, don't be so hard on yourself. I wasn't being hard on myself. Someday, someone will think this is not stupid. People probably thought Memory Alpha was stupid. Now, first of all, I'm sure 95% of all people in America don't know what Memory Alpha is. Yeah. And I bet that if you told it to them, they would say, that's stupid. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. There are probably more people who think that Bulbapedia <laughs> is not stupid than there are who think Memory Alpha is not stupid. <laughs> Just a guess. Yeah. And I'm sure Wikipedia has them both beat. Yeah, and um, I, I think we only have two or three listeners, so I, I just... I find it hard to believe anyone's ever going to listen to it and think anything about it. You know? I was having a discussion with someone I work closely with about not having any hobbies. Mm. And she was like, well, I travel. Which is true. Yeah. Uh, And at some point I said that I made a podcast and she said, oh god, what are they about? And I said, oh. Yeah, I shouldn't have said anything. Oh. (laughs) Uh, well, it didn't know. start out being about anything. <laughs> yeah. But now every every other week, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, oh, God. Uh, to which she said, oh, I was going to listen to it, but uh, I don't know anything about Star Trek. And I said, yeah, don't listen to it. 
you don't you don't even listen to the non-Star Trek ones. Yeah, there's no point. But it's just don't. What's it for? This is a thing I do purely for me. Yeah. Yeah. I accept that Ben and Ryan listen to it. <laughs> That's right. It's But I've known them for over 20 years. It's very <laughs> It's still weird that we record it. Oh yeah, that's because we could just do this and not record it. Yeah, why do we do it? I'm hold on, hold on. A I second. think we're recording. <laughs> why do we do this? <laughs> I think because if we weren't recording it, we wouldn't do it every week. I think that's right. I think you're right. I think the only reason that I talk that I talk to my brother is because we have like a prearranged. Yeah, we got to record it and put it on the internet. Uh, I mean, I, fin- I, I do chat with you all day on the on the chat on the little chat devices. Yes, but, and occasionally you uh, pan through those looking for gold. Sometimes there's some good stuff in there. Um, uh, he finishes up by saying uh, he's only five episodes behind. I actually yeah. think he's probably less than five episodes behind, well. just based on based on the class action stuff i don't feel like that can be five full episodes maybe it's five weeks but he didn't factor in that you were out last week Mm, i don't know know. i'm not sure uh either way uh five episodes is probably let's see this is a non-star trek one it's got to be a minimum of 11 hours so that's so many hours that's plenty of time you know, last week I was really happy with the, or two weeks ago when we did the last Star Trek one. I was really happy. It was only two and a half hours. Yeah, I got in and out on that one. That felt really yeah. good. That's mailbag? Yeah. That's the mailbag. Nice, we did it. That was a good one. Lots there was of a lot of mail. Yeah. Nothing from Marjan. We must not have said anything well, she was traveling derogatory about her favorite 90s artist. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we, it's been a while since we revisited the, uh, the ladder, or whatever we're calling it. Oh, yeah. But, um... Uh, but it's good that that sometimes the mailbag takes three minutes and then that's a real problem. So that was good that we were able to <clears throat> stretch that one out. Um, happy, happy Chusuk. Uh, yeah. It's, yes. I don't know what it is exactly, but I do know that it happens at this time of year and they seem to treat it almost like Christmas. Uh, I would say it's closer to like Thanksgiving. That's what you I think it's more say. of a Thanksgiving. Yeah. For one thing, I think they have Christmas. I know they definitely go home and hang out with their families. Yes, they do that, and they got traditional food they eat, and they all yes. dress up in their ham box. Yeah, they do. Han box, and they um, and they fucking play games and give each other gifts and, and things like that. So I guess the gift part makes it seem like it's more like Christmas. But uh, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's always around this time of year in the South Korea. It's based on the lunar calendar, so it's it moves around a little bit, but it's always around this time of year. And in the K-Paps world, it's basically just an excuse for all of the artists to take pictures of themselves in their handbox and, and send them out on the internet or whatever. <clears throat> this is a weird Korean attire that seems to be based on the principle of the shortest possible jacket. Yeah, real short jacket, real puffy bottoms. Yes. If you got a, you're a lady, you got a nice uh, puffy dress, bottom, skirt bottom. If you're a dude, maybe some nice puffy trousers. Maybe a silk hat if you want to look real good. Yes, I know of this only through skits where the guys from Men on a Mission are pretending that they're married to the girls from that other comedy show. Right. And they just yell at each other in a room. There's a lot of that. So yeah, m- Most skits are kind of just yelling at each other in a room. I don't enjoy the skits that much. On the Men skits are the Mission. weakest part of the show, yeah. I would say. If they just stick to the classroom, uh, the getting to know you parts and whatever little games or challenges they have in there that tends to be the good stuff yeah i watched one recently where 
the the skit seemed to be uh, essentially a parody of what must be a famous Korean basketball movie that I've never seen. <laughs> That's always good. You're like, this, and they're all only, referencing a specific thing, but I don't know what it is. Only six or eight minutes in that I realized <laughs> they were actually referencing a specific movie. Yeah, yeah, Who was the guest on that one? Uh, the, the, the woman who was in The Villainous? Okay. All right. Some actors. She had just come back from Cannes, yeah. and that was very impressive to them. <clears throat> and oh. I think... I think she did a lot of martial arts on the show. That was her talent, was kicking. Despite having uh, a pretty well-formed and lucrative entertainment industry, they do get very excited when they are mentioned in foreign media or when foreigners come to them to be on their show. Oh, yeah. Every time there's a boy band on there, they definitely want to know where they have toured yeah. in the world. They are very excited if they like went to Switzerland and they had fans there. Oh, yes, yeah, so they were real excited that somebody went to um, Peru. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was wild for them in a way that it wouldn't be for us. Right. Because Peru's not a big deal. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. internationally. <laughs> Actually, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly correct. They have good food. Yeah, uh, heavy. Heavy cuisine. Look, it's a little heavy. A lot of meat and potatoes and eggs. Yes. That's how they get down there. Um... Yeah, so they're always very excited about that. Like one time, Jack Black came and was on uh, Infinity Challenge, and uh, he just did his Jack Black thing where he acted like a big dumb fool, and uh, a lot of the jokes were that he didn't understand what they were saying because you know he didn't bother to learn their language or anything. Cause why, right? Why would he? I, exactly. I'm trying to remember what he was promoting at the time. I don't remember what it was. Kung Fu Panda Two was that a thing? Yeah, I think they've even done such as a Kung Fu Panda 3. Maybe it was that one. I don't know. It was fairly recent. It was in the last couple of years. And they were just like, they were so fucking pumped that a mega star like Jack Black would be on their program. And then, Did they ask him questions about Nacho Libre or <laughs> Year um, One or whatever? What happens is the comedians, they do a lot of real eager comedy for, for whoever the foreign guest is and the <laughs> oh, foreign, I see. and the foreign guest doesn't know what they're saying and it gets real awkward cuz they just have to nod a lot and go <laughs> yeah yep <laughs> while the person just won't stop talking and doing comedy bits and doing slapstick and shit oh yeah, that must be a real bummer yeah uh, Seth uh, Steph and Seth Curry came on Infinity Challenge like a couple of months ago and they definitely were unhappy that they made that decision because there were a, there was a lot going on and they didn't understand it and they played a basketball game against these guys and the guys were hella cheating and they had all these instrument like these giant uh devices that they were using to block shots and uh and Steph and Seth Curry looked like they had no idea where they were or why they were there. This sounds like a pretty good show. Is it on Netflix? Do you know? I don't think it's on the Netflix and that's unfortunate because I think it's one of the more popular. One of the more popular shows in Korea. You'd have I to watch it on the Spyware show. I am definitely worried that I'm going to hit the end of Men on a Mission pretty soon. It's coming pretty quick, dude. There aren't that many. There's, they, I think they call it two seasons, but there's not a lot of episodes there. Yeah, I'm I'm fairly sure that I'm at the start of summer two, 2017. Oh, yeah. And so, I checked recently, and there haven't been any new ones put up, so you're, you're about to run out. Yeah. I just saw... Red Velvet, I think, was the last one I just saw. No, that's a good one. 
Everybody loves Red Velvet. Yeah. Um, they did it. They did a skit where the men on a mission were their fathers, and they were trying to get a scholarship. No, yeah, there was one of yeah, one of them was going to get chosen like to be a, a K-pop, a, get a K-pop audition. No, they were going to be chosen to be a distinguished art student oh, or something okay. from the high school. Yeah, the skits that's, that great. Sugun was the principal of. Yes. And there's like the, a chance for the girls. The one, to the one who was who was playing the basketball player's daughter kept asking where her mom was. Because he got a divorce. In a way that seemed to destroy him. <laughs> because he got a divorce. Because he got a divorce. In real life, which no one on the show will ever let him forget. I guess divorces must not be... I guess you don't talk about it there, because they use it for comedy a lot. They suggest that it's uncommon. I mean, Song Min also has a divorce, so he sometimes he gets lumped in there. But mostly they like to talk about his <laughs> tremendous debts. They love to talk about his his creditors. And what he, and... What he does or doesn't do when creditors come calling. <laughs> Which, even though it seems like such an old school thing to make fun of somebody for, I do get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Just the yes. way that they go there because they know it it will cut deep into him. And I love how when one of these guys gets bagged on about something, gambling or their debts or whatever, <laughs> they just immediately shut down. They just stop whatever activity they were doing. Well, sometimes they'll make remarks about uh, Sugun, and I, for a while I couldn't figure out what it was until I looked it up and found out he actually has been to prison recently for for sports betting. Yes. So he was actually, like, fucking in lockup. He was in the clink. Yeah, this show seems to be, like, second chances for a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah, no, they just fucking rag on each other about some real serious shit that happened in their lives. Yep. That's, that seems to be most of the comedy. But yeah, I think the those that skit in particular, the Red Velvet one, was just a chance for the girls to uh, insult each other a lot. Through the guise of being competing students or whatever but i feel bad because one of them obviously is not as good in korean as the others oh boy and i felt like she didn't really she couldn't keep up is it is it wendy because she's canadian that's canadian wendy yeah. Oh, yeah also when she spoke english it didn't sound quite right nope uh but by the way not like an accent just like she doesn't use it anymore right and so now it doesn't come out sounding quite smooth because she she don't do it no more um, yeah, so you're about to run out of those. So just get on the spyware. Just get all the spyware on your computer and watch uh, Running Man and Infinity Challenge. Dude, Running Man has a game. <clears throat> it's called the um, uh, Name Tag Challenge or something, where they each have a name tag on their back, and they get they split up into teams, and they have to try to pull the name tags off each other's backs. And it doesn't sound like much. But Does it get vicious? It gets crazy vicious and uh, is actually very exciting at times. One time, a girl guest started screaming that everyone trying to touch her was a pervert. I see. And they all had to, they all stopped touching her and ran away, and that's how she ended up uh, escaping from getting her name tag pulled off. I see. That does seem like it would work. Uh, there, there, there's one guy on Running Man who has never lost the game, so whoever teams up with him wins, and everyone knows it the whole time. I don't know. It's pretty good. So there are a couple of elements, and I know we're running long, but there are a couple of elements that I, I have been meaning to talk to you about for a while. Mm. Uh, number one, and again, I've only I only really watch Men on a Mission. I have and a bunch of chef, chef in my fridge, yeah. but I haven't watched it since I started watching Men on a Mission. Okay. But those will be there waiting for me. It's just not the same. It's too much cooking. There's a lot of cooking, and it's always Chinese food. Yeah, Chinese food <laughs> always wins. That's right. <clears throat> um, number one. Yeah. Uh. The panelists have so much more energy when it's a girl 
guest or a girl group uh-huh. than when it's guys. That now I'm happy when I see it's going to be red velvet. Me too. Because I, it's like, all right, well, they're going to be trying. Like, they're going to be up for it this time. Yes, I have the exact same thing. So, yeah, like we've talked about. It doesn't make me feel good, though. Because it's like, I'm not into it for perverted reasons. And that will, this is going to lead to my second point in a minute. Their, but, their culture is, as we've described on a previous podcast, it's like a girl shows up and it's just buckets of jizz. Just, yeah. They just start screaming and hooting and hollering and trying to one-up each other. And this is on every single program. And, it's 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 very creepy. And they will make the girls do sexy dances every time. They'll be yes. like, hey, you're a good dancer. Go out there and do some sexy dancing. And the girls are only getting paid like $9, and they got to do it or else they're going to get whipped or whatever. Right. So they go out there, and they do the sexy dances, and the guys just go, ah! Like, behind them. And you go, yep. oh, boy, so this is uh, this is definitely where they are at in, in their society. Yep. Um, so yes, I am also the same way, where when it's a dude guest, I'm, I, I end up feeling kind of tuned out halfway through, like, eh, no one's really doing anything. Yep. This is they, they just, they put so much more energy into it when it's twice or whatever. Yeah, and I also, I have noticed, to be fair, that I don't like looking at the male, the male K-Paps, because they look like weird little aliens. Are they... Well, yes. And, and by the way, it's not like the female ones don't. Yes, they also look like aliens, but it is and not Everybody as has weird, like, super weird hair. Weird hair. The makeup is to the extreme all the time. They're very extreme makeup. Uh, yeah. Yes. Also, I these little these little pop idols, for some reason, so the guys always try to act hard. Yeah, they try to act and like it's, they're the hardest. It's like... Hey, I didn't buy it from Mace. I'm not going to buy it from you. <laughs> you and I watched an EXO, EXO video. I think it's pronounced EXO. Where they're all in sports. They're like hanging around sports cars. And they, all of them were acting like the hardest guy. But the way they looked, though. Yeah. <laughs> they looked not that hard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I, the the hardest thing to watch is rap, rap battles. It's the hardest thing for me to watch on Men on a Mission. Well... So, no one is no one is good at it. Nope. No one even is okay. Every girl group, every boy group has a rapper. That is Yeah, it's the a format. it's a posi- it's like every group has a drummer. Yeah. Every Korean uh pop band has a pop group has a rapper. That is the format. So like the every single group you got to have a rapper, but that is just assigned within the group. They don't bother to find a good rapper. They right. just find six girls, 11 girls, however many, and they go, "Ah, oh, I guess you're the rapper." That girl does not know how to rap. She yes. certainly does not know how to freestyle. None of them can freestyle. Yeah. So then they go, you're the rapper. Go up there and rap. And it's always like, oh, no, come on. Don't do that. Don't make them rap. Oh, don't make them rap against each other. <laughs> it's not good at all. Please don't do it. And then they do it anyway, because, again, they're starving. And, uh, yeah, it's very distressing. But I, I did want to say that I do like Song Min's growly rap voice. He was an actual rapper. Yeah. He's the one who went to America to tour with MC Hammer. Right. And MC Hammer rejected him. And I I just I just I like his DMX style. <laughs> yeah. Uh sort of barking rap. I forget on Men on Men on a Mission do they ever show clips of him from the old days? Uh no, I have not okay. seen that. But again, they cut all the music out of the show. Yeah, they don't so. have I guess on Netflix they don't have the rights to the songs, just the show. Which is it's super weird, right? Because you'd think that the artist would want to promote them. Yeah. Then you watch them on the spyware, you get the 
the real deal. Not that you're missing anything. I'm not sure good. that I want to. But yeah, if you ever see, you, I'm sure you could look up some old clips of of Sungmin and his group. Uh, what the fuck's the name of their group? He had a group. They were called. Uh, it's uh, it's called. They're called like it starts with an R. Rura. Yeah, Rura. If you okay. look up any of the old Rura stuff, he is bonkers. <laughs> he always wears a head to toe fur coat. Oh yeah, and stomps around the stage, and sometimes break dances in it. And yes, he has a super gravelly DMX rap voice. The dude is like forty-four. Yes, and and by the way, on the show, he's he is the shy, soft-spoken one yes. who has an anxiety disorder. Yeah, he sits in the back. He's very quiet. He only speaks up every once in a while. They they bag on him for his debts. And every once in a while, he'll do a rap or do a break dance or something out there. Right. But yeah, on stage, he was absolutely nuts to uh, to look at. So if you ever look up any Ruru clips, you'll see what I'm saying. Uh, so the second thing I wanted to point out is, so they'll they will often bring on a girl group that consists of seven to eleven, yeah, members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. these girls and the whole group comes on. Way too many people. But there's one member of the group that everybody is obsessed with. Yeah. And so far, I am zero for life in guessing which one it's going to be. How this works and what the criteria are. I have just no, <coughs> no understanding of what what a beautiful person okay. looks like in Korea. So, this is called the visual. In a K-pop girl group or boy group, there is usually one, Some, t- if the group's big enough, you might have two members that are singled out as the visual of the group. And that means the person who gets to have all the face time. And you're right that it is very difficult to discern what the criteria are for that. that well, I'm not saying that the the people who are singled out are uglier than the rest of the band. Like it's not counterintuitive. No. I just I cannot tell what it is yeah. about them. Because in general, these are all pleasant-looking young women with crazy hair and crazy makeup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real uh petite, usually rail thin. Um, yeah. but very similar, I would say, to each other. But there's one that when these seven Korean men look at them, yeah, they're like that one. Yeah, these are all. Ba- this is all based on the archetypes that uh, every group they have to play with these these positions. There, okay. So there's going to be a leader of the group. Right. The leader's usually the eldest, but not always. Sometimes it's it's based on other things. You're going to have the visual which we just talked about. There's always a rapper. There's usually a lead dancer and a lead vocalist. And these are very rarely, two of these things are very rarely sitting with the same person. Like everyone in the group kind of had, there's the maknae, the maknae, who's the youngest. And so they, like they play with these different archetypes and every group has all these different things. And so I think once they decide who their visual is, they just play that up. So that by the time they get on these reality shows, they've appeared as the visual on every reality show. So everyone is like used to seeing them as the 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 sexy face of the group or whatever. Does that make any sense? No, but do you understand what I'm saying? I do. Okay. I mean, look, it, this happens from time to time where we get told that someone is hot. Yes. And then, but then I. So I think this is very much a decision that they make internally. They just look at the girls and they go, "You're this girl. You're that girl. You're the rapper. You're the dancer. You're the you're the visual. You're the whatever." 
like I'm too old and not into pop, but like I, so I always felt this way about Britney Spears. Yeah. Which is people would be like, "Oh, she's hot." And I'd be like, nope. "But look at her." No, she's very regular like, looking. Like look at her weird face. She's very average looking, but she is um usually wearing something skimpy and dancing around. Right. So I guess the same thing happens here, but it's like it's just frustrating for me when seven seven women walk in and I'm like uh, that one. That's going to be the one. Yeah. And then it's like, just, no. Oh, that's the shy one. Oh, fuck. That. What are we doing? <laughs> that's right. By the way, some of these girls, very ill-suited to be on camera. Like, they, they are, like, some of these girls are so extremely nervous. And you're like, wow, these are like pop stars. And they are way too nervous to be on this program right now. Like, their faces yeah. get all red and they don't know what to say. And every time the guys on the show make fun of them, they get all flustered. Yeah, like, in real, in America, Taylor Swift isn't going to care if she is on a show and there's a famous basketball player and a famous wrestler on it. Yeah, those guys are nothing. That's not anything to her. Which is why she will never appear on a show. And that's why American, the American pop scene and the Korean pop scene are so extremely different, is that, as we talked about, all the powers with the agencies in Korea, and they make the artists go everywhere, you will never see a famous American artist on any kind of dumb contest show. They don't need to do it. They don't yeah. want to do it. They don't need to do it. They're not going to do it. I mean, they're all looking for that opportunity to be the a host on The Voice or whatever. Yeah, maybe they'll... On the panel. Yeah, sit in the chair on the... But as a guest? Yeah, that ain't going to happen. They don't need to do it. Yeah. <coughs> um, Marjan and I can never agree on who the good-looking one in the in the girl groups are. I've decided that if Marjan were a lesbian, we would not be competing for, for ladies at all. She's got different tastes. So the fact that you can never figure out which one is going to be the visual or whatever, it's like. But but also, you well, there's a lot of reasons you wouldn't be competing for ladies. <clears throat> well, we'd have to be competing for bi ones, I guess. Right. So that's a pretty small <laughs> slice of the pie right there compared to the overall pools right. we would both be uh, competing in. But also, you're not real competitive compared to Marjan. No, that's true. She would win every... <laughs> She's, like, kind of much more of a superstar than you. Any that were maybe looking like 50-50, she would definitely claim. Yeah. Yeah. I think she probably was going to win most of those competitions. I, w- I would probably go, you know, you know, you guys you guys have a good time. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch the football game. I'm going to go home and try and remember what I did right at the age of 16. <laughs> <clears throat> so, uh, anyway, that's that's your that's the haps and k-paps. It's Chusuk, so you know everybody enjoy the holidays. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did see. Uh, by the way, on the internet, they refer to men on a mission. They seem to call it knowing brothers. Yes, it's. Uh, I've seen it translated as knowing brothers or a young I know. Young, Interesting. Young is older brother in Korea. Interesting. Uh, apparently, this last week they they got over five percent ratings again. Oh, they get so pumped when that happens. That's very exciting. Did they for make them. more promises? The first time uh, they I made don't... a bunch of promises about what they were going to do when they got over five percent, and then they had a well, special they, episode where they all they, had, where they did them all. They had to do all the promises. That was that was fun. Yeah. That was a fun little episode. Everyone was everyone in that women's college was so excited <laughs> when Jang Hoon came in dressed as a woman. Yeah, they were pretty excited until they saw Heechul come in, then they were more excited. Until when Heechul came in, it was over they were more for him. excited about that. 
Uh, that was a pretty good episode. I um I think it's weird that they can just impersonate cops there. Just do whatever you want, apparently. But you know that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I did see that next week's episode is the second uh, part two of the Chusuk special. Uh, okay. I still don't know how to pronounce Korean words. Yeah, well, it seems to be kind of a grab bag. Uh, remember we were listening to that Hyuna song, and at one point you just went whoa, and we went that's all right. That sounds like Korean. <laughs> That's probably a real word. But I mean, like, if I see it written, I still kind of don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I'm not sure. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but I have watched a ton of that, so. Well, you're going to run out soon, unless they put up more episodes. And then, uh... So there's something, there's something on Netflix called Abnormal Summit. Yeah, that's more of a panel I, show. I, it looked like a, it looked like a panel show and not a variety it's show. It's not really a true variety show. They will have, um... So they have a panel that's mostly the same every week of international people who know how to speak Korean, which seems to be the only criteria for getting on. They have, like, a guy from, I don't remember where in Africa, it makes me sound racist, who speaks Korean. So he is on there, and they'll have someone from Russia, or they'll have somebody from wherever. And they stay on the panel. They just seem like regular folk. And then they'll have, like, a Korean pop star as the guest every week who sits in for Korea. And then they just cover, like... uh, advice topics or questions about culture and society and they all talk about what it's like in their country or whatever so it's not an exciting variety show it's more like uh just like a weird weird international panel show that makes sense yeah it's not yeah i don't i don't enjoy that one that much it seems like the others that you watch are not yet on netflix and i not sure i want to have to spin up a virtual machine inside my computer so that i can safely watch your crazy spyware site all right but i'm just saying running man is uh that's probably the best one it's... and you watch it all fan subbed right yeah, yeah yeah i'm not gonna watch it in korean that won't make any sense i mean it only barely makes sense when you know what they're saying because they're baffling but uh yeah i'd say running man's probably the the best one now, we didn't do a sports segment this week, but also there wasn't any sports, so... Yeah, it's fine. Hockey's back. I mean, hockey season's just starting up now. Yeah, there's still football's going on, but whatever. Um, yeah, but it's still... Also, it's still early in the football season. It's also baseball four. playoff started. So, I mean, if you wanted to do a sports segment, there's stuff to talk there's about. There's stuff but... to talk about, I'm sure, but we can save that for two weeks from now, when we don't talk for an hour about the mailbag topics. Yeah. Yeah, when we have a lighter mailbag, then we'll do a sports one. <clears throat> yeah. We had to get in. It's the Chusuk special. We had yeah. to get in the haps about K-Paps this week. Well, it's also the only thing I've been doing in my off hours is just that and the very dumb BBC show Father Brown. Yeah, you um, you had a Game of Thrones project going that got stalled because of I the, watched the whole first season. I don't know what you're talking because about. Because of the Koreans, yes, they made you stop reading and watching Game of Thrones. Here's the thing: it's not like when Game of Thrones end, ends because I'm sure I'm not going to get to it before they're done. I don't know. You got like 18 months. It's not like when Game of Thrones ends, it's that they're just going to take it off. HBO's going to be like, nope, can't watch it anymore. Oh, no, you'll be no, more, to... no more Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's true, you have plenty of time. And I don't care about being able to engage in a discussion about Game of Thrones the next day. Well, that's the only reason I want you to watch it. So, Oh, it's because you want to have that discussion the I next day. I would like to have that discussion with you okay. about Game of Thrones. I'll try. I'll try to catch up. Again, like you said, I have a year and a half. Yeah, it sounds like they're not even going to get started on the next season. Like, the first episode probably won't air until 2019, is what they're saying. Okay. So, All you, right. You got time. I won't use it right, but I have the time. Yeah. 
you have to factor in that I have to watch five hours of Star Trek every two weeks, yeah. and we will still be doing that until 2019. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, we will. We'll be we'll be just about to get started on season three. Can't stop, won't stop, dude. There's going to be kind of a, a series of delays in a few months when I'm doing a cross country move. Yep. So we probably won't. It won't be smooth through the winter, but we'll we'll keep it going for sure because yep. this is a project that can't die. Well, I mean, listen, I've put so much work into that fucking spreadsheet. Landrew is um, prolific now. Landrew is it's a it's a hefty. And I, I kind of want to know how things go. And I want to be able to make charts at the end. Oh, so not even just, like... I want to I want to be able to have, through. like, running three-episode averages. Ooh. We can, like, f- figure out which ep- which shows had the best three-episode peaks or whatever. Kind of, yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good. All right, well, we got to keep it going. So next yeah. week, we're going to do another Star Trek one. Do we know what episodes that we were going to be watching? I sure do. Gotta check uh, Landrew. <clears throat> Landrew. I got a. I got a bookmark. Landrew. Landrew. What? Ep- Landrew. What episodes are coming up next week, buddy? I won't say anything confusing. I don't want you to kill yourself. Just like, just tell yeah, me don't, what the episodes don't, are. Don't trick me logically at all. I will try not to do that. Just tell me what uh, the next ones are. Next week, which is week twenty-three of the project, we are watching a taste of Armageddon. Mm. That might be the episode where everybody, uh, where they just simulate nuclear war with a computer and everybody goes to the disintegration chambers. Oh, if like that's that. not that one, that's another one that's a real that one, high sci-fi concept coming up. <laughs> that one feels like some real sci-fi stuff. So, maybe some uh, have-a-take points there. Mm-hmm. Uh, for TNG, we're watching We'll Always Have Paris. Could not be. looking forward to that in an amazing way. Could be a nightmare. It's not a great episode. It's, you know, uh, it's a real... Star Trek, the original series episode, where Picard goes to a planet that's inhabited by two people, and one of them is his old flame. Real melodramatic, and not sure there's much... um... Basically, if she'd been a salt vampire, it would have been (laughs) the man trap. Right. But the man trap scored pretty high, so who knows? Uh Uh-huh. For Deep Space Nine, invasive procedures. Mmm, that sounds generic. Yeah. It sounds like it. There must be some Bashir work in this episode, so I'm not crazy about that concept. I don't don't want that to be the case. Do do you remember what the Netflix teaser image was? No, I don't. All right. I just always imagine that it's uh, Rumpelstiltskin sitting in ops. That's the (laughs) classic Deep Space Nine (laughs) Netflix teaser image for me. Okay. For Voyager, Persistence of Vision. Mm, Boy, this is like a Chakotay, doesn't it? Oh God! If oh, if vision is a pun, I don't, I don't want, I don't want it to be that. Because to me, it sounds holodecky. Oh, oh, oh! You know what? We did look. We remember. I saw the teaser on that, or I read the teaser on that. It, yeah. Oh, is it the one where Janeway's hollow novel becomes real? Yeah, they start having crazy uh, hallucinations, and her hollow characters come to life. Oh God! You got it. Yeah. Oh God! Oh, that's the first one I have to watch. Okay. Voyager for, usually uh, is. For Enterprise, it's uh, Desert Crossing. Oh. Well. So maybe it'll be a little bit like uh, Final Mission or something. Ooh. It's gonna... That guy's gonna have his shuttle. And he's, he's gonna, gonna be... He's gonna be hiding his Drisky. He's gonna think he's a real captain, but he's not, because Picard's a real captain, and Wesley's gonna tell you why. Captain of a mining shuttle? That's right, I'm straight up. I'm a real asshole. <laughs> they will never get to that one. <laughs> Uh, all right. 
so everybody play along because it's gonna be it's gonna get good next week. Sounds like a lot of good ones. And uh, let me just uh, check here briefly if Landrew.com is available. Oh, you're gonna put the spreadsheet up on the webs at Landrew.com? It's on the web. It just doesn't have a. Oh, is it? Did you There's... put it on the site? Oh, it is linked to from the site. Oh, cool. All right. <clears throat> and I linked it in Twitter. It's reserved. What? I mean, I guess I'm what not is... surprised. Oh, Landrew.ink could be cool. Landrew.ink. Is there a .net or a... Or even a .org? Uh... You know, this search did not... Uh, did not offer me a lot of... Other ones. Hmm. Oh, hang on. Let's search variations that are still available. Mm. All right. Well, that doesn't work. All right. So my normal Whois uh, lookup service didn't do a good job. Good job, Whois lookup service. A. I don't. I know we, just, we don't want to name them. Let's try. Well, it was better Whois dot com, but okay. fuck those guys. Bunch of mark ass bitches. And for sure, for sure they are. Yeah. All right. You can uh, tweet at us at Brother Date. Just, you'd be cool like Ryan. Yeah, tweet us a million times, please. And uh, you can also find us uh, on BrotherDate.com and the iTunes. And uh, yeah, next week's a Star Trek. You just heard the F. They're going to be great. Please share with all the strangers of the world this wonderful, this wonderful show. Thank you. Bye-bye. One, we ate a book. Okay. We ate a like a musty old book. I, by the way, I'm less and less interested with every one of these than going to this <laughs> restaurant now. Please subscribe.